We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Coming up this hour, Danny Cannell from SiriusXM, the former Florida State, New York Giants quarterback, will join us. Nate Boyer coming up bottom of the hour. Ross Tucker in the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to have him at 11.45 live. Ross was with us just a couple of weeks ago uh, as well. Uh, one of our Odyssey insiders, so it'll be great to have him uh, coming up uh, live here in uh, Living Color, uh, coming up here from Radio Rose. So if you're uh, heading up toward uh, Philadelphia, if you're listening on the Odyssey app and you're not that far away, come on by the Philadelphia Convention Center. Uh, we are live and in Living Color right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. And bring us a cheesesteak. Some of us didn't have cheesesteaks last night. I did. I know you did. Troy, you live here, so I'm sure, like, no big deal, right? But you'd take a cheesesteak, right? Yep. Okay. Bring us a damn cheesesteak if you're coming up to Philadelphia. Bring or it to we Ru- could just walk out it, the door bring it to and Russell. probably find one. I had mine last night. <laughs> Russell Russell wants his cheesesteak. And- we were over at Xfinity Live right in uh, where the stadium district is, right mm-hmm. across from uh, Citizens Bank Park, where I almost could have swore I saw Trey Turner signing an 11-year, $300 million <laughs> deal uh, that he was never going to get from the Nationals, right across from Lincoln Financial Field, where the game, of course, tomorrow will be. Xfinity Live, really cool place. Coming up to yeah. Philadelphia, sports bar, nightclub, entertainment district, whatever, crystal clean. Uh, we had, you know, like uh, USAA did a tremendous job, as they always do. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. Got to watch the Thursday night game, and then I got to see Baker Mayfield go, uh, you know, on, he was here there for eight minutes with my guy Sean McVay. Still the hand, most. If I could only be as handsome as Sean McVay is, if I could only be as handsome, and I, I just think I knew that dude when he was twenty three years old, and he was a punk and didn't have chest hair. If I could just be as handsome as Sean McVay and su- as successful, I'd be doing okay. I wouldn't be asking for free cheesesteaks on the air. No doubt about it. Guy knows all about that. Those our guy Danny yes. Cannell joins us now. It's- we had Dusty on uh, last hour. I listened to you and, and, and Dusty every morning driving in to do our show uh, in, in D.C. Did you have Baker Mayfield anytime touchdown pass last night on a parlay somewhere at about plus 1,300 or something like I that? I wish. Man, I wish I did. Oh, that man. was insane. Right? I um, So I'll give you guys a little – because I'm still blown away at just his ability to operate the offense. But you, to right, get you played that position. How yeah, did he so, do that? So I'll give you a story. So I went to Green Bay for a workout, okay, and they wanted me to run. Like they had a little mini camp. So it was two days of practice, and they do seven on seven. It was really just skill position, so it was just seven on seven. And they sent me the playbook probably about two or three days ahead of time, just like they did Baker. And I'll never forget – it was the worst workout of my life. Like, I always prided myself. So I was trying to study these plays, trying to study these plays. And they have, like, this equipment kid. He's probably, like, 20 years old. And he's snapping the ball to me during the seven-on-seven drill because there's no line. So he's looking at me. I'll go up to the line of scrimmage. I'm like, do you know where to go with the football? Because I don't know where to go with the football. <laughs> I didn't have a grasp of the plays. Yeah. It was the worst workout I'd ever had in my life. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and Baker just did that in a game in crunch time situation where he looked like he knew the system. Now, McVay said after, you know, he was amazed, but I'm very curious to know how much carryover there was because their playbooks are like languages. Some are very similar mm-hmm. and some are vastly different. 
I have to believe there were some similarities in the systems, but even still, for him to be able to go out and do that is just absolutely insane. Well, to go from Cleveland to Charlotte yeah, to L.A. Exactly. in basically, what, a span of a couple of months, right? No matter how much similar. And I, I will say, to say this, right? I, again, I love Sean McVay. Uh, he was part of Mike Shanahan's staff in Washington, 23 years old. Yep. Uh, I walk up to a table, and I'm there to interview the defensive line coach, who's Albert Hainsworth's position coach, right? Big oh, yeah. and, and, and this young man steps up said, hi, I'm Sean. Turned out to be Sean McVay, right? Two weeks later, I had no idea who he was. Did not remember the conversation. He's like, hey, Chris, how's your kids? Da, 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 da. Photographic memory, which we yeah. all found out, right? But then, where was I going with this story? Oh, so... He becomes the offensive coordinator after the tight ends coach, so on and so forth, right? And everybody knows he's a star on the rise. But one interesting thing, and this ties into the Baker Mayfield, is how wordy systems are and how wordy his calls were. And I remember quarterbacks saying, yeah, like, it's easy to understand, but it's wordy. And it, and it's sometimes Sean's giving so many instructions in the headsets that it just cuts off at 15. Right. Right. So how difficult is that to not only process in the compression of time, but also to understand, like, even though there's similar language, there's different meanings and different variations and different everything to do that. And, and Baker's criticized all the time for being an immature punk, and yet he comes in there and does that. Blows you away. Uh, John Gruden was a quarterback coach, I believe, offense coordinator for the Eagles. Right. When I was at the Combine in Indianapolis. Right. I had, you know, you go into all these different rooms, and I went into a room, and there's John Gruden. I didn't know who he was. Like, you know, you're kind of like you knew the head coaches in college. Sure. I didn't know who he was. He was. He said, all right, I want you to say this play back to me. I was like, I was like, what? I was like, I don't know your playbook. I have, he didn't give me any headway. I didn't know. Spider, no, he's like, he's Spider like. Spider <laughs> no, But he said, like, for he said, king right trip, <laughs> flip it, wing. Uh, I'll give you another one. Let me see. Ace right trip, flick it. Wing and Y opposite, Ugh. Q half Louis half 17, wing and Y out. I mean, that's absurd. Right, it is. And, like, I didn't even know what it meant. He just wanted me to repeat it back right. to him just to see if I could hear it and say it the back. The retention. Yes, and- the retention. And he was just, like, seeing, all right, how is your, your memory? I heard just King Louis in what you just said. Right, exactly. I heard two of like, the 20 right, terms you But just everything, everything in those, there's some systems yeah. that are complete opposite. Right. They're numerical. So right. you might just say... You know, King Wright is the formation at right. 676. Right. And you know that you've got a couple of, you know, out routes and a corner route behind it. But other ones like the West Coast system, right. there is they tell everybody specifically what route, what you're doing. you got to tell the line, what protection to get in. You have to tell who's going in motion. There's a lot of complicated stuff that goes on there. It was remarkable. I was going to say, I mean, when I played quarterback growing up, it was great. It was fake 38, hand 24. Right, exactly. You know, oh, when uh, I was at Florida State, it was R46. Yeah. So you know, it was as easy as it gets. Right. You know? You I, know. Mean, I mean, does all of the uh, – just one more on that, if you don't mind. Does all of that lingo, whether we're talking college, NFL, what have – I mean, does that have to be there? No, it doesn't. I mean, like you're saying R36. Right. Florida State. Yeah, 46 was a toss Or 46, whatever. I I mean, I can remember R46, but I can't remember King Louis uh, the the eighth, uh, (laughs) you know, flip Z. You know, I can't can't remember all that So we might have, so 46 was our toss sweep. So we'd have different ways to call it because we ran no huddle. So it might be like Swiffer, like the sweeper. So that might be a code name for R46. Right, right. But you do have like, and then we would just say right because R is a right formation strength. So you knew that. You do need it at the NFL. There's certain levels. But, like, so every play you could describe with one word 
but then every player on the team would have to memorize what they have to do. It's mm -hmm. a lot easier to tell the quarterback we're the smartest in the room, the best yeah. looking, you know. It's a lot easier to look, tell him. Look, like, you look, have look. to remember it all, and then you can tell everybody else what I, to do. Quarterbacks are smart and good looking. <laughs> Danny, I, I'm kind of like the, the Mel Kuyper, Tom McShay on our show because uh -huh. I'm so into, in, a do, in addition to doing Navy's play-by-play, -play, I, I watch every game known to mankind on in college. I study these guys. I'd love to get involved in personnel. I tell him all the time. Pete watches the Mountain West at 338. In the I love morning, it. I, look, I'm watching FCS. I'm watching Montana down 24 nothing to SEMO in the playoffs two weeks ago, come yep. back and win 35-24 in the second half. But I tell him all the time, when the quarterback walks off the bus, you go, that's the quarterback right there. Yep. You know who that guy is. I want to ask you a question about our dynamic in Washington because when Carson Wentz walks off the bus, FCS guy, North Dakota State, strapping, big, you know, sharp haircut, you know who he is. You yep. know he's the quarterback. Taylor Heineke gets off the bus. You don't know if he's part of the equipment staff. You don't know if he's a ball boy. <laughs> right. You don't know if he's part of the training staff. And then here he comes running onto the field, terrible for three and a half quarters last week against the Giants, and yet in the moment, yep. in the moment, it all comes together for him. And I don't know if he saved his job as the starter last week and – by doing that to rally them. But but how does that dynamic work where this guy, who clearly doesn't have the same toolbox that the other guy does, right. but has more success? It is. That's why quarterback is the hardest position in sports 100%. to evaluate, close. to project who is going to be good. Because I guarantee you, for everybody that says they had Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf, they were probably just barely over the edge. Right. Like, maybe it's Peyton. I'll just go ahead. I'm going to put his sample of approval. There were no hard, like, oh, Ryan Leaf is going to be a bust. You know, like, they didn't know that for certain. What you're talking about is the intangibles. And it's, like, such a broad, cliche term. But it really is true. And I, there's a couple quarterbacks that are coming out this year that I'm a little bit irritated by because they are going to blow you away when they – Throw a ball on a T-shirt and shorts. Man, they are good-looking. Uh, I, I think, I, think <laughs> I know one, and I don't even know Danny that well. I think I know one. There are two. Can, Le I, can Le I guess? Lexington, Kentucky. Ah, yes, yes, yes. That's Will where Levis. I was going. So you want to know why I think it's happened? Because the, and Anthony Richardson at Florida. Uh, well, that's I wish, the other one. I wish I Anthony going. Richardson would have stayed. Yeah. Because yes. I think he could have used another year of right. development. Will Levis has already played a lot of football. He's been right. banged up, so I get why he wants to go ahead and, and try his hand there. But at some point, it should be a little bit of everything, and hopefully a lot of bit of everything, where there's game film that you can watch, and it jumps out at you on tape, and you're like, oh, I can see what he's progressing. I can see where he's going with the football. I can see these throws in you know, crunch time when he's got to take the team down the field in a two-minute drill. Then you hope it shows up when he runs a 40, when he gets up there and he's strapping, you know, he's got his shirt off. You say, oh, he looks the part. And you want to get him in a room, and you want to have him at the board and have him spit out the formations. You hope you have a little bit of everything. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, both, they were both at the Manning Passing Academy. Is there a more powerful name in sports than Eli and Peyton Manning? No. Like that name resonates. Not at that position right they now. They loved both of these quarterbacks. And I would say they love Will Levis more, which is why he's at the top of this list. I mean, I saw Kuiper yesterday had him as the yes. first. I was blown away. But Peyton Manning, while he was doing college game day, said Will Levis is a stud. He, you know, And then you, like, I started digging a little bit, and Will Levis was at the Manning Pass Academy. They said he flashed with all his throws, and they said he followed around Peyton like a sponge. I was like, you know, teach me. Tell me what to do. Coaches, they love hearing that. All of this is true, 
But at some point, I would have liked to see in a Kentucky for him to have some games that backed up everything we're hearing about him. But he might be. There's a there's a there's a ceiling that could be high, but I think there's also a floor that could be pretty low. But you know, and, and we're here at the Army Navy game presented by USAA Team 980 Odyssey app. Pete Medhurst, uh, Chris Russell, Danny Cannell joining us. You can follow Danny at Danny Cannell. We're going to get to Army Navy in a sec, but just following up on that. Remember the hype of Daniel Jones when he was coming out of Duke? Oh, remember who David, liked him? David. Well, Manning's. He, right, well, That's yes, behind the, it. Yeah, but, but David. Oh, he was coached by David Cutcliffe. Oh, uh, he's automatically going to be royalty, and everyone fell in love. Yep. And Daniel Jones is okay. Right. He's fine. He kills the commanders every time he plays them. Yep. But he doesn't kill anybody else. Turnovers, injuries. We know how much. But I think I think coaching staffs, and correct me if I'm wrong, either fall in love with, again, the getting off the bus guy, yep. the guy, the big strapping, or the guy that has just been in a system or with a coach that had success with somebody else. And Cutcliffe, as we know, had success at Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, Duke, whatever. And, 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 and it's, it's almost like they just think they're going to walk into the NFL, snap their fingers, and have automatic success. Right. And I, I'm sorry I don't get it. No. Like, I, like, I get why coaching matters. I, I do. But it's such a different world. Like, just because you're coached by David Cutcliffe at Duke right. and because Peyton Manning thinks you're pretty good doesn't mean that you're going to walk in in your gym shorts and start Patrick Mahomesing it. Right. And I, I would say the inverse of that is true. Like, look at Josh McDaniels. He yeah. was this high – he had Tom Brady, and yes. then Adam Gase. Remember, he yes. was this hot coach oh, gosh, from yeah. Denver. We saw him. Yes. What happened? He had Peyton Manning. Like Absolutely. it works both ways. Yeah, and I it, agree. like at some point, I you're agree. like, and there's two situations, and probably much more than this. What I'm seeing unfold with Zach Wilson and Mike White is kind of similar to what you're seeing with Carson uh, and Taylor Heineke. There, to me, it's about who, and probably the biggest intangible for me is who the guys want to play for. Mm. You know, who does the team believe in? And they don't care where you were drafted. They don't care. They want to know who can I count on when there's fourth quarter and we need to come back. In and Washington, that's Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I, I, without a doubt. I don't, Carson Wentz is a fascinating case study because, you know, his time here in Philly, where we are, didn't, you know, it started off great. Yep. And then it kind of came down. Then he gets another opportunity with Indy. And it goes okay. Like, it wasn't a disaster. No. But they decided his old coach said, yeah. Now nah, we've, we've had enough. And they went from Matt Ryan. Now he comes here and it just doesn't work out. I don't know if he, there's just something missing where he doesn't inspire his teammates. Would and you, I don't know why that is. It, it, one more. Sorry. <laughs> just for our local audience. If, if Heineke struggles next Sunday night, primetime, home, against the Giants, recent opponent, yep. where, like Pete mentioned, he was kind of half dead for three and a half quarters and then comes alive. If he's struggling badly, whatever you would define that as at halftime, and Wentz is actually the backup because he hasn't been because of the broken finger and whatever. Right. Do you – I truly believe Ron Rivera and Scott Turner are, are, are hell-bent on, on seeing more out of Carson Wentz. Do you go to that route and, and say, forget what the guys in the locker room believe and what has happened in the past? Do you go with the more talented guy or do you give the more resilient guy, if you will, the, 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 the gut puncher guy? Sure more of an opportunity to prove himself and work himself out of that situation. It, de- it's, it depends because it depends on how bad it gets with Heineke. Yeah. Like, cause he can lose his confidence too, right. you know? And I do think there's a lot of politics that go into this. Like who has the bigger contract, who is supposed to be the face of the franchise, who are you getting pressure from to play which quarterback? Mm-hmm. And do you want to be right on the guy that you all thought was going to be the answer this offseason? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Ron Rivera, you know, was talking about the quarterback position and how much it meant. 
And then he walked that back real quick. I think you saw a real glimpse of what he really thought. Rob Rivera walks a lot of things back. (laughs) (laughs) We we try and spend three hours a day trying to decode Ron Rivera. Well, the problem, and here's the problem, if that situation unfolds, I think the really harsh reality is you probably have, you know, if you've heard you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You probably are right start back from square one. You're right. right. you played, just don't bring in Will Levis. You know, just we, we, you know, we, just like we talked about with Dusty, you know, playing in Oklahoma, Texas, and playing in Bedlam. You played just in state against uh, two incredible uh, rivals. You know, how different are those games compared to the other games that Army and Navy play during the course of the year uh, that they're getting ready to play? Obviously, tomorrow. It's always different. I remember my first Florida State Miami game. You know, we were both top five. I was starting. It was my first big game as a starter. And Mark Richt was my quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. And he kind of pulled me aside early. He's like, look, like this is going to be different. He's like different speed, different pressure, different energy, different environment, different requirements leading mm-hmm. up to the game, media. And, you know, like an idiot 19-year-old, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I had already played pretty well against, you know, Wake Forest, right. you know, some of the vaunted <laughs> ACC opponents. So I was like, I'm good. I never forget, first drive of the game at the Orange Bowl at night, we're like marching down the field and more like rattling off either a screen pass to Warwick Dunn goes for like 10, you know, a nice little stop route turns up for another 10. We're just driving, gashing them. I was like, this ain't so bad. We get down in the, like, plus the, you know, the red zone. And we call, like, a little skinny post, and I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm like, we're just rolling. Try to squeeze it in there, gets picked. I threw three picks on the night, got benched in the third mm. quarter, and I was like, oh, this is a little bit different. I was shell-shocked. Welcome it can to reality. Turn out, welcome to reality. Yeah. This game, though, it's so special because the one thing that you can guarantee is you are going to get all-out effort from both, player, both sides mm-hmm. every single play of the game. I used to love college football because I felt it was that way at the highest level. I don't know if it's that way anymore. You see guys opting out, guys taking off. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more like the NFL where it's much more business-like. This game, that will never change. The style of this game, we were talking uh, with Keenan Reynolds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Navy just won in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. A, a pretty yeah. active atmosphere, right? Uh, what were they, top 22? Or yeah, yeah. Top 20th in the country. Throwing yeah. one pass. Yeah. We see around the NFL – the run game back in vogue, the quarterback play, whether defensive adjusted with too high, all that's a different thing. The style in this game is obviously run, run, you know, whatever. As a as a quarterback, does that bother you? Or, or well, and, and does it bother you with where, <laughs> well, where, where we are in terms of, you know, both maybe a style of this game and sure. also where the NFL right now is? Does that like a – well, I'm just glad I'm not 17 or 18 right. trying to make a living playing quarterback anymore mm. because my style of play, I mean, I – not a runner. I was a statue. I looked up to Dan Marino, who I think is the best pure pocket passer of all time. And it's I would hard, debate anybody. It's hard Threw to disagree the with that. prettiest ball out there. Yeah. I think Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, I think it's becoming extinct because of the evolution of the position. And I would say we've seen, you know, Steve Young was incredibly athletic, ran the ball. But I think more of like Aaron Rodgers started to change what you thought of the quarterback with his ability to improvise and throw mm-hmm. on the run, throw off balance. But now – Teams are – I think we have three quarterbacks in the top 20 of rushing, you know, yardage. And that's with, you know, in the midst of all these running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's insane. Lamar Jackson, um, Justin Fields, and there's – it might be Daniel Jones. They're like yeah. – he's ran a lot. Yeah, like I it's, think so. Yeah. It is it's, – it's becoming a job requirement. It used to be an, an added bonus if your quarterback could move or scramble. Right. Now it's we want you to be able to run and carry this team. And it's a huge weapon because – 
before in the run game, you never had to account for the quarterback. Right, when you're counting right, right. the body, you never had to worry about the quarterback. Now you got to account for them. That's why teams are having more success running the football, like the Eagles, right. because they also have Jalen Hurts can run it, but they also have a backfield that can run it right. too. And even teams without running quarterbacks are are kind of in vogue now, right? For sure. I mean, we, Washington. What, what's the top complaint we get about Taylor Heineke? Heineke he doesn't run enough. Work. He doesn't run enough, <laughs> right. and yet they're able to run with Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, so on. You know, Seattle. Geno Smith's not running all over the place, right? Right. But 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 um, uh, who's the rookie running? Kenneth Walker. Yep. You know, I'm saying like the running quarterback. Yes, what you just absolutely. But the run game, the you know, why as that the foundation is? kind of of our, of our offense once again, which is how it used to be, right? So it this used is to be evolution. stop the run, start the totally. run, and you win. Now this is where I, this is the great chess match. This is the long one where you kind of if you have a chess match, you come back. I guess now you come back to your computer and you make a move every few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that to me is like what you're seeing now with football. What we see the last five years, we saw Patrick Mahomes, big play offenses, yep. big play offenses. Yep. So in response to that chess move, defenses started playing too high shell, saying yep. we're not going to give up the big play. Exactly. Guess what you do against too high shell? You run the football, run the football. So that's what you're seeing is kind of this counter punch yep. from offenses are we're going to run to hope get you into single high so then we can start taking those shot plays. Exactly. But teams are out, and personnel-wise. Teams have gotten smaller and faster to you're, run with all so the receivers right. on the field, and you're saying, you're all right, nickel we'll go ahead 80% and run of the time we'll instead of 50% yep. we'll of the time. We'll run it right at you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Appreciate the visit, man. I know you brought your daughters up uh, for yeah, the game. Yeah, I'm so. fired up. How I can't awesome wait. That? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that, that's how much this game impresses me. I was there last year for the first time, and the first thought was, i got to bring my kids. I want them to witness one of the greatest sporting events that we know. It's got to be at the tremendous. top of anybody's bucket list. Absolutely. Danny, awesome. appreciate the time. Thank Continued you, Danny. success with Always you and Dusty great. in the morning. You got Thank it. you. Danny Cannell joining us here. He, of course, the co-host of Dusty and Danny each and every morning on Sirius XM. Coming up, Nate Boyer, the former Seattle Seahawk and U.S. Army Green Beret, joins us here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Row live in Philadelphia, the Army-Navy game presented by USAA comes up tomorrow, 3 o'clock. I'll have a call on the Odyssey app tomorrow afternoon beginning at 2.05. Can't wait for that. Coming up, going to be joined by Nate Boyer, the former Seattle Seahawk and Army Green Beret. Next hour, Ross Tucker will join us around 11.45, get his breakdown. Nobody better talking about uh, football and certainly, you know, the offensive line where Washington is going through uh, some issues right now uh, with all of the injuries. And we'll talk to Ross about, you know, this late in the season and having those uh, types of challenges uh, that they're incurring here, certainly with a bye week uh, at hand right now uh, here in Washington, sitting down with us. And the beauty of this, you watch people go, you know, from table to table, uh, from station to station. 
uh, literally. It's 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 you know, it's almost like you're herded like a, a piece of cattle, literally, from one table to the next. I've watched Nate Boyer go from this table to that table, now over here uh, to to this table. And you know, Nate, you you have a such a unique background. Uh, the thing that's impressive to me: how does a guy go from being a green beret to a football player? to now being involved in putting together and starring in movies uh, the, the way that you've done. It's been quite a, a whirlwind for you here. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, it's very similar to just going table to table, you know, <laughs> just doing some, different, doing some different things at different Look, tables. A little bit of a different challenge. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a different challenge. Um, do they have Diet Pepsi when you're, when you're a Green Beret? <laughs> they actually do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you can just like pick that. one of those up as you go along stuff. the way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on what base yeah. you're on. You right. know, they got something. <laughs> they got um, a big old vat of it over there yeah, exactly. reserved for it. my name. Plenty of it. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's – I think part – first of all, it started in the military. I mean, before I joined the military, uh, I had a lot of passion, a lot of dreams, a lot of ideas, think, different things I wanted to do, but I wasn't, I wasn't executing those things. I didn't know how much you had to sacrifice to actually be good at something, you know, mm-hmm. to be elite. Uh, the military taught me that, and, and, and I'm grateful because I, I didn't join until I was 23. Obviously, I didn't go to a service academy or anything like that. But, uh, you know, what I did have was – at 20 years old, 9-11 happening and kind of opening my eyes to some things. And then my life not going in a particular direction that felt purposeful or meaningful in any way. So I ended up joining. And not only joining, I, I was fortunate enough to make it through and you know, earn the Green Beret and, and serve at that capacity. And the people that I served with, you know, the men and women I served alongside, became my friends, my mentors, you know, my examples, my, my idols really in a lot of ways, people that I just looked up to and tried to follow. And then coming back home, finally believing in myself, like, okay, I'm, I'm worth a college education. I could make a, I could try out for a football team. If I make it, you know, great. If I don't, it's okay. But like, if I just put everything into that, who knows, we'll see what happens. And I started, you start to build confidence in yourself when you achieve some of these things, you know, and just getting on the team was a huge hurdle. And then finding a way on the field as a long snapper and then getting an opportunity with the Seahawks. And all of that led to this place where, we were able to start this organization, MVP, you know, merging vets and players mm-hmm. to bring together vets and athletes and, and believe in myself that, like, hey, we can, we can make a movie and tell our story. I mean, it all just – one thing kind of just fed the next. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next in life, but, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think I found a good spot here because I, I love storytelling. I love – you know, I know you get to do that yep. every week and you're watching the game, you're telling a story. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's interesting. It's cool. And, you're, you know, you're helping an audience – living experience not only that and, and, and you know I, rich demarco my army colleague and i all day yesterday we spent i mean we were at the you know link at 6 a.m doing all these radio and tv hits across the country and i think the thing that we try to get across to people so they understand yeah these these kids for four years they're college students like everybody else certainly it's a curriculum that is a lot different than maybe they take in some places um you know, when you feel you get up and you don't feel very good, there is no you know calling your professor and saying, "I'm not coming today. I have to be in class." I mean, because if you miss a class, uh, your grade could literally submarine if you miss some of the material. But the seniors, though, when when they sing tomorrow, as soon as they graduate in May, they join the greatest fighting force uh, in all the world. And to me, it's important to tell that story because I don't think the people watching the game or listening to the game that aren't connected with either one. Really understand that portion of it because, yeah, they're playing Division One football, but, Nate, they're signing up at least for five years to join the greatest fighting force in the world and defend our country. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's 
That's something that's very unique about these two schools. And, I mean, we can throw Air Force into that as well. But uh, Barely. Barely. Uh, <laughs> chair, the, chair, the Chair Force Academy is it's a, it's a special place. No, I'm just kidding. It's a gorgeous campus, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, most collegiate athletes, even at the highest levels, the biggest schools, they'll finish playing their senior year, and for a lot of them, it'll be the greatest thing they ever did. You know, it'll be the pinnacle, the high point. Like, this is – and. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. It is incredible that you you know you played collegiate football at that at the highest level in front of thousands and thousands of people, millions on TV. But for these people, this is just the end of chapter one. And for so many of them, I mean, it's just like they're beginning this incredible life of service and adventure and sacrifice and like all these things. And so, you know, for the, not that other people that play college sports that aren't going to the NFL and these other places don't have something to look forward to and all that. But I'm just saying it's, it, it's a very unique thing. They come here, you know, playing football at these places is, a, is part of what they're doing. But, but a lot of college students that go to play college football, like they're going there to be an athlete student. I know we say student athlete, but it's like I'm going there to play football. Right, and this is right, what I'm doing with right, my life. Right. And I'm, I want to play in the NFL. I want to go to the next level. And when it doesn't work out, a lot of them are like, all right, I got to regroup. I got to figure this out. Maybe I had to go back and finish my degree or whatever that thing is. Um, but for these people, it's just like, no, this is, <laughs> we're just boarding, you know, the, the, the boat here if you're in the Navy or yep. the, or the uh, you know, the Humvee in the Army. And we're just, we're, we're about to head outside the wire. And like this, this is so different than just your traditional, like we talk football all the time, right? A lot of times we get kind of stuck talking about the commanders only, right? right? right. And NFL and college football, whatever. But that's sports. That's real sport. This is sports, sports theater, and and drama. Like last year's game was the first game I was at, and I'm down on the field in the corner end zone and, and watching Navy hang on and Navy win a game that they weren't, quite honestly, right, supposed to win last year. I mean, not not that weren't supposed to win. but weren't They weren't supposed were, to okay, win, all right? I mean, Army was going to a bowl game. Right, weren't and they were expected favored. to win. Right. Otherwise, you know. But, but but to see to see that, that's sports, right? That's what we love as sports fans. Right. But when we sit back and think of the meaning on both sides, win, lose, draw, whatever, and think of the sacrifice, think of what it means in terms of the pride, more than just your rivalry. Like you played, you know, I mean, you played with with Seattle, right? And 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 the Seahawks have division rivals, right? Everybody's got rivals, but there's a there's a there's different like rivalry this. between yeah. Army and Navy because of the extra layers, the extra significance of of the game and the story and the rival. And like you said, storytelling. I think that a, a good way to describe it for me, anyway, is. And maybe I'm more connected to it because I served in the military. But, it, but to be completely honest, like, I didn't go to either of these academies. Right. And right. so, I, and I, you know, I'm not a cadet, cadet. I'm not a midshipman. I, I don't know that, what that feels like. But I've been to a lot of big rivalry games. And I've been to the Super Bowl a couple of times, three times. And I've been to uh, college football national championship games. Mm -hmm. And, like, these big, I played you know, Texas OU, Texas, right. Texas, Texas versus Texas A&M. And not that those aren't this incredible spectacle, and, and I'm very emotionally connected when I'm playing in that game especially. There is no feeling like being in the stadium for Army-Navy. And for every sports fan, not just football fan, out there in America or in the world, honestly, like you have to make this. This is a must-do at Absolutely. some point. It is on it, your bucket list. You have yeah. to do it. You have to figure out a way to get to this game at some point. It just feels completely different. You can feel the energy from the kids on the field, well, the young men on the field playing 
in the stadium, just the passion, mm -hmm. how much it means to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then like you, like you said, like what is happening next with these people, where they're going from there. There, there is, there is literally nothing like it. Um, and I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll ever be matched. I really don't. When you, when you sat down and started hypothesizing MVP and what you wanted it to look like, and then certainly the movie itself, when you started working on that part of it, and, and you know, you get together with people like Sylvester Stallone and, and, and his production company and stuff like that, how, how does that relationship germinate for a guy that, again, that has come through really a non-traditional path if you're trying to be involved uh, in Hollywood, that's for sure. Well, you know, first of all, I think, I mean, Sly also has a very non-traditional path. Different. Very, you know. No, that's true, though. It's very true. It's very, you know, and, and, and his real journey into filmmaking, what he's doing now, started here. Started mm -hmm. here in Philly, you know, obviously with Rocky. And, and this was uh, a guy that, at the time, just a... One of those people that was like, oh, he, with his with his accent, his look, uh, that doesn't. He's a character actor. He's not a leading man. This is not Hollywood. Like, this is not going to work. And you know, they tried to shoehorn him out of this his own project, the thing that he wrote. And he was just like, no, I'm not doing it. We're not doing it unless I'm doing it because I know this character. I know this person. It's important that it's authentic. It's important that you know we get this right. And of course, it won Best Picture at the Oscars. So. Uh, Hollywood was wrong, and they should have listened. Yeah, it's um, pretty good, yeah. But, you know, and I think that's why he championed this project, an MVP. First of all, he's been to an MVP huddle. Um, Merging Vets and Players is an organization I co-founded with Jay Glazer, bring together combat vets, former mm -hmm. pro athletes, help them find purpose and identity. Sly came to a huddle where we worked out together, all these vets and athletes, and then we're sitting on the wrestling mats, and we're just talking through our stuff. It's a very vulnerable space. We give each other crap, you know, very much like in – a football locker room or in a mm -hmm. team room in the military overseas we're sitting around the the, the, the campfire on a on you know on base uh after a mission and you're just talking about stuff you're talking about life back home things that you maybe struggle with and you're talking about what you're going to do with the future and you have that team and that camaraderie he came in and was like blown away by it he told this story about why uh, he agreed to play Rambo he, and he wouldn't do it unless they let Rambo live at the end of First Blood in the original book he's kind of put down and mm -hmm. it was just like there's no hope in that like what, what do we what's the story we're telling about these vietnam vets back then that's kind of maintained with him throughout and when it came to this movie he you know he read the script and he was like look you're nate you're you're very green i believe in you and i believe in mvp and what you can do put my name on it i don't want anything but i'll be honest i got a lot of stuff going on i, I can't get super involved but i know this will help get it made and you just you have my blessing you know "Quote unquote," use me a bit. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, 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 just go for it. Not, not a bad thing to hear no, from that guy. I was like, I'll take it. That is yeah. perfect. And, and not only that, his producing partner at Balboa Productions, right. Braden Aftergood, is a mentor of mine, a good buddy of mine. But he helped us get this thing made. And wow. the coolest part about it is, beyond that, all the vets played on screen are played by actual veterans. Every single one. So we were very specific to make make that happen. And a lot of them are actors, or at least training to be. But that includes Dan Loria from, you know, the dad from the Wonder Years. He's a mm -hmm. Vietnam vet. Uh, he's in the film. And then you've got Tony Gonzalez, Randy Couture, Michael Strahan, and Howie Long have a, a cameo. Um, a lot of Glazer guys yeah, there. Jay Glazer, Rich Eisen, like yeah. so many of these people. And the NFL, the league itself, and NFL Network just, like, gave to us and right. like, helped us just get this thing made. That's we awesome. did We did it on a shoestring. That's awesome. But it's out now. So if you're... If you're looking to learn more about MVP, go to vetsandplayers.org, the website, but also go.
go watch the movie. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on Apple mm -hmm. TV. Uh, check it out and learn more about who we are and you know how we started. I'm definitely uh, going to look forward to that over the holidays. Uh, I wanted to ask you a crazy quote. Well, maybe yeah. not a crazy question. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously, you long snapper. Um, you know, I got to know, I don't know if you know him very well, Nick Sunberg, very well. Uh, uh, I've, I've met him, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Long time, long snapper, yep. undrafted free agent. Went to Cal, I believe, right? Yes, Cal, yep. undrafted, yep. Uh, bounced around Carolina, Baltimore, yep. found a home with Mike Shanahan in 2010 in Washington, right? So I covered him his, most of his entire career. Got to know him really well. He would always tell me about the psychology, the mentality, the, you know, all the little quirks and whatever. I'm a big special teams guy, like, um, you know, I, I love special teams, right? How um, the long snapper position and, and the mentality required for that, take me inside that, one. And two, how much different is the position now, if you will, and the mentality that they've built in some protections, meaning you can't line up right over a long snapper and, and bury him before he has a chance to get up and protect himself? Right. Yeah, I mean, they th that those rules... I think they were pretty much in effect even before I started playing because okay, right. I didn't. I didn't. I went to college very late. I was right. 29 sure. when I was a freshman, and so that was 2012. Was the first year I started as right, a long right. snapper, and I think it was already. Yeah, kinda, I think they had put. So that a guy in, of right. my size could actually do it. Yeah, you know that was part of it. Yeah. Um, but the way that I learned it, what I equated it to was when I got when I joined the military. When I got you know after basic training, I'm in special forces training, and they're teaching us to shoot a pistol. I shot a pistol one time in my life. I didn't really know what I was doing, you know. And so I was very, I was very much listening to everything that the instructor was mm -hmm. telling me. Like, not that the other guys weren't, but a lot of them had a lot more experience. And I think we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to the part where we get to shoot. And for me, it was like my stance, my grip, like all these little pieces that we spent hours on before we even put around in the chamber. Um, I did the same thing when I was learning the long snap. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I was studying grips. People like Sumberg and. Mm -hmm. And, and, and John Darambos and like yeah. all these guys that were in the league, Patrick Manley, in the league for a long time as snappers, how did they grip it? And I was just messing with it and figuring out what made sense for me. And then how do I roll my wrist so I get that spiral? Mm -hmm. What's the stance where I feel comfortable and I'm going to get the most power? And I just, like, drilled that a million times and then started snapping. Muscle memory. Exactly. And, and, and the, the routine. The routine was yeah. the biggest thing. And yeah. it's like – it's like shooting a free throw. Those great free throw shooters, obviously they're good shooters, but they have their routine is just like next level. There's no distraction that can come in and bother you because it's the same snap if it's, you know, you're up by 40 <laughs> and you're at midfield and you're, it's a pooch punt. It's the mm. same snap as you're up by two inside your own five-yard line and there's a minute and a half left and you got to punt out mm -hmm. your back like you're right you can't screw the d like that 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 punt's got to get to midfield right. so they have at least have a chance to you know keep them out of field goal range and it's but it's the same snap it's the same thing it's, it's the like, same snap but different circumstances totally different circumstances and different pressure like, exactly but it's like i'm aiming the same yeah. place it's still 15 yards right. i still got to get a spiral i still got to block as soon as i'm done but like finish the snap first all those things and right. if you can get to that point which is it takes a just repetition and yeah. Um, other type of sort of mental training, <laughs> you know so what I mean? It's the one thing I talk about, about this game and about everything that, you know, will affect their lives. It's attention to detail. Attention to detail and lack of it loses football games. And as you know, a lack of attention to detail on the battlefield can cost you your life. Totally. I mean, you know? they say complacency kills, and it literally does in the battlefield. 
that attention to detail and yeah those little those little mantras like aim small miss small was like that would be the thing I'd be telling myself when I'm standing over the ball and I'm looking back there and I'm like all right of course a perfect snap's going to be right in his hip pocket there and you know he's going to just but if I miss um if I if I if I aim at such a small specific point and I miss maybe I miss by a foot that's still a great snap you're fine right. you know there's no issue there but if I see back look back there and I'm seeing this big old punter and then I'm letting the Everything starts to get wobbly, I'm you know, hanging upside down, the crowd, all these other things come into play if I'm not just focused on that one little detail. I'm not paying attention to that one little detail. It's going to go sideways, and it pretty much does every time. And, and it happens. Even, you know, I, I, I never had a disaster, but I had some snaps that I wish I could redo. And almost every time it's like I, just, I was too relaxed, too comfortable. You know, people are like, oh, you should be relaxed. I'm like, yeah, at some level, but you also should – you should be a little bit nervous because it matters that much to you that you're going to focus so intensely on, uh, you know, what you're trying to do. And, yeah, it's exactly the same, just like you said. And that's why these teams, undersized always, but they compete with the best. I was actually at the uh, – or watched, uh, you know, Navy beat uh, UCF this year. That's a better that's a better athlete, that team. They You know, maybe a better football team overall, UCF, right? They should have won that game. They're ranked. 21 SEC transfers. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's the attention to detail. Right. It's the lack of penalties. It's doing the same thing. Pretty much you know what's coming, and you still can't stop it because the execution is just so on point because they're, they're, there's no step that's not intentional. You know, nothing right. they're doing. There's, not, there's no wasted movements. That's the only way to be successful when, you're, when you are undermatched. And, I mean, they did it that day, and, you know, that's what's so cool about watching teams like this where it's like, you know they're throwing it twice, tops. Like, you yeah, just right. know, and yeah. you still can't stop it. That's exactly. crazy. To no, win no. a road game against a top 25 yeah. team, you know, by throwing it once is yeah. seen incredible. It. I've seen that happen a lot uh, over the, the years I've been doing their games. Nate, appreciate the, the visit. Continued success uh, with MVP, not only the movie, but with the, uh, the organization. And appreciate the visit this morning. Give them a Thank follow at NateBoyer37 as well. Can Absolutely. I say, and I'm going to have to say go Army. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm used to it. you got to deal with him. I'm an innocent bystander. You know, Nate, I, I'm used to it by now. I understand it. it's part of the deal. But as I tell people, I know in May they become part of the greatest fighting force in the world. For 60 minutes, we're on different sides. It's just a game, you know. It's just a game. Oh, I don't know. I think it's more than just a game well, tomorrow. <laughs> that I, right. I, that I understand, especially considering that from the moment they walk on West Point or the moment they walk in Annapolis, it's go Navy beat Army or go Army beat Navy. Right, so right. they've heard that for four consecutive years. Appreciate the visit this morning. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Thanks, Nate. You got Appreciate it. Nate Boyer you. joining us here live from Radio Row in Philadelphia. Coming up next hour, Ross Tucker will join us as well as we get you set for the Army-Navy Classic, the 123rd edition Live from Philadelphia, you can hear it tomorrow on the Odyssey app. Right now, the World Cup back underway. Russell's got the details and what's trending. Indeed. We'll start with Croatia and Brazil. The only game underway. Nothing, nothing in the uh, – they're at the half, actually, now. Uh, coming up, Netherlands and, the, uh, and Argentina coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern time. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Baker Mayfield with a hell of a debut for the L.A. Rams. You heard it on 106.7. Uh, the fan last night, Thursday night football. The Rams come back and hand the Raiders a devastating loss. Mayfield and the Rams, two late scores, including a 98-yard game-winning drive that was capped off with nine seconds left. Meanwhile, a story we spent a lot of time on yesterday. Uh, while Pete was here in Philadelphia, we were manning the ship back in the nation's capital, and 
Brittany Griner has returned to the United States early this morning, landing in Texas at Joint Base San Antonio and Lackland. So she is back home. She is on the ground, safe, uh, all of that good stuff. If you missed any of the show from yesterday, go check out Russell and Medhurst, the team980.com. We have it all podcast for you, uh, also on the Odyssey app. We continue along Army, Navy, the 123rd version. Of course, Pete's call will be on the Navy radio network and the Odyssey app beginning at 2.05 tomorrow from Lincoln Financial Field. We continue until noon right here from Radio Row presented by USAA, and that's what's trending. Navy game coming up tomorrow, 3 o'clock in the afternoon from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, coming up next hour, Grant Paulson's going to join us. GP's going to be doing his show with Danny Ruye from Philadelphia coming up uh, later on uh, today. Uh, that starts at 2 o'clock over on 106.7 The Fan. And, you know, real quick, just to get us to the top of the hour here, you know, we were talking about this, and we talked about it a little bit earlier for those of you maybe just joining us. I, I listen to our sister station here in Philadelphia, WIP, a lot. And you would have thought, just like anybody, like if this were to have happened back home, everybody would have, especially if there was a commander's game this week, everybody would, there would have been a faction of people that wanted us to drop everything we were talking about Mm -hmm. and just bang on the national signing Trey Turner, 11 years, $300 million. Now, granted, Philadelphia went to the World Series this past year. Okay, keep that in mind. Right. They signed Trey Turner to an 11-year, $300 million deal. Right. They're talking about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles playing the Giants. Uh, on Sunday at, at the Meadowlands. There's been nary a whisper. I mean, and I've listened to multiple shows, so it's not just one show. Right. You know, I mean, I listened to the, the, the late-night and overnight guys driving in here from Morgantown on Wednesday night. And while I was in town yesterday listening to their heavy hitters during the course of the day, they're kind of acknowledging it, but they're not spending two hours breaking down how Trey Turner was going to affect that Phillies lineup now in the midst of how about this? You're 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 the Nationals with Joe Pitcher coming out this year, right? And you have Schwarber, then you have Trey and uh, Bryce Harper at some point during next year. Boom, boom, right. boom, all right down the line. Right, right. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I, I mean. <laughs> It's why the Phillies are clearly going to be the favorite. Yep. Clearly in the division, even though the Mets replaced DeGrom with Verlander, the Mets signed David Robertson, uh, the Mets brought back Brandon Nimmo. I mean, you know who's not going to be the favorite in the division next year? <clears throat> yeah, the Nats. Yeah. All right. And, I mean, they might be lucky to avoid. Well, I mean, they won't lose 107 games again, but. We hope. Good luck. Tough sledding. All right. I mean, I mean, they should talk more baseball. They should talk more about the Army Navy game. They should talk less about the Eagles. The Eagles, the wait, the Eagles are gonna get fried by the G men. Not this week. <laughs> no way. All right. Final hour of Russell and Medhurst is coming up next, live from Philadelphia Radio Row. Brought to you by our friends at USAA in a moment, right here on the Team Nine Eighty and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.